What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Casey, and The Walking Dead is back. Yay, yay, yay. We are discussing episode nine, season 11B. We are in the middle of this final season. And when I tell you, baby, they came back hard and strong from jump. This episode was so good in so many ways. Oh, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait for us to talk about it. I can't wait for us to talk about it. But you know, the sad part is getting this good and it's about to go off. (laughs) Where was this in season eight, man, nine? You know what? I've seen people complaining about the later seasons and I've actually enjoyed the later seasons. I mean, I still enjoyed them, but still the way that they packing in the action and everything. You know what? At least they're not pulling the Game of Thrones on us. So I'll be happy with that. They want to come in the last last few episodes and be real strong. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I'm still going to watch. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just saying I know. Okay, let's get into it. No other way is the title of this episode. So we pick up where we left off with episode eight, right before the hiatus. They are in Meridian. This is right after Leah has killed Pope and put the blame on Daryl. They let loose. I can't even remember what the name of that little weapon is, but it's the weapon that's got all the- Hawacha, Yes. And it's got all the fireworks and it's shooting into the walkers. So that is literally where we start. Like the opening shot is of a firework soaring into the body of a walker and exploding. I'm going to tell you one thing about this episode. I was watching with my hands over my eyes like this for most of it, even though I know because I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Even though I know they're going to survive, we already know that Maggie (laughs) survives. We know Aaron survives and the kids survive, but still just having to sit through all of this, like with all the fireworks going into the walkers, the fight scenes in Meridian were brutal as fuck. They were brutal. I'm surprised Maggie isn't walking around with a broken jaw right now because the way Carver decked her, she fought her like she was the dude. I thought her face was she broke. fought her like she was a grown ass man. Girl, I thought her face was broke. I thought her face was broke the way he hit her. But um, anyway, so they're dipping and dodging these fireworks. One of the guys from the Reavers, he actually finds himself in the same boxcar with Maggie and they get into this fight. Now he is like picking her up, slamming her on the wall. She is fighting. Now, one thing I will say, Maggie has obviously gotten better at fighting while she's been away from the group because she is holding her own against these really big, really brutal guys, you know? Yeah. But she does the classic knee him in the nuts and it throws him off guard and she's able to get him out of the train car. And then, of course, one of the explosives gets into him and explodes and she runs. She's able to meet up with Negan and Elijah. And, you know, they set a trap for Carver, which I thought was funny because Maggie's sitting here running away from him and he's coming down the hall And she's like trying to go through these doors and all the doors are locked. And I was just looking like, Maggie, what are you doing? 
because I knew she wasn't running from him for real. Right. And then when you see Elijah come out and you see Megan come out from behind Carver, I was like, oh, they really about to whoop his ass. Psych. You got to remember, he a mercenary. I know. You have to remember <laughs> that. He's not going for the okie doke. Because he was like, oh, three of y'all? Oh, this is nothing. And he, but I w- he proved yeah. that. He, was he did. Up. <laughs> he did. But he I will say this too. Up. You know, Negan has been on this little redemption arc, you know, trying to be a different person, trying to get back to, I guess, a little bit of the person he was before the zombie apocalypse happened and all this other shit or whatever, trying to atone whatever he's thinking in his mind. I got to say for this fight scene, we really needed that old Negan because he was getting his ass whooped. (laughs) Even he, when he was down on the ground, he was kind of like... Well, shit. <laughs> right. Like, I didn't sign up for this. At I did all. not sign up for this. At all. And when he came out of that room with the metal pipe, that was the one time I wished I looked at the screen and I said, he needs to have Lucille with him. I was like, oh, no, I'm not going a, down that, that road. Good, but-, but Carver. OK, so at least now we figured out who Elijah was talking about when he was like, but the one guy, he's mine. He was talking about Carver because Carver was the one who killed his sister. <sighs> but Elijah, baby, you ain't even at 100%. That part. And I think it kind of made me mad a little bit because when we're first introduced to him, he came on the scene like he was supposed to be like this really, really badass. Like, what? And he's... Ten seconds later, you got your ass whooped. And I mean, I understand he got, what was it? Did he get shot or, oh no, the the explosive. He got shrapnel in his leg and that's why he's hurt. So I understand that. But my thing is why bring him in in such a powerful way just to make him hurt and then not able to do anything? It just. Because everybody else on here have worked through the pain to get the job done. You need somebody to carry you. You need, you can't walk by yourself. And I mean, he held his own for what little that was worth with this scene, because I'm sorry, fighting Carver, you have to be at 100 percent and none of them are at 100 percent because one, they're all starving. They're still starving. So they're still weakened. They've been traveling for who knows how long they've lost people at this point. I'm sure they are just bone tired. And then you have to fight for your life to get out of here. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I was kind of sort of with Negan, like, look, we just need to grab the shit and go home. Right. We don't need to be fighting nobody. But I think it's interesting. And I know, you know, you see the commentary on Twitter and social media about how it seems like they're making Maggie the villain and they're making Negan supposedly like the good guy or the better guy. And I can kind of sort of see where that's coming in, but I think it's interesting as well, too, because, again, we all hate Negan because of what he did to someone in our group that we loved. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's saying, oh, Negan is bad. He's unredeemable or whatever. And I think the interesting thing about the story that they're telling this season is that we can see how that happens to a person. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot in the last couple of weeks, just, you know, interacting with people on Twitter, seeing people 
comment about different things and just thinking about the show in general and how it's evolved and, you know, thinking back on some of the characters, especially since, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, there is a Walking Dead convention coming up in Atlanta next month that I have decided I'm going to. And they've got a lot of good cast members, past and present coming you know to the con so i'm sitting here thinking about all these characters that they've played you've got the governor coming um you know and i was just thinking you know when you look back at those earlier seasons and some of the villains all of them didn't start out as bad people right. you know and we said this before talking about the show negan didn't start out as a bad person a shitty person yes an asshole <laughs> yes but he was not an inherently evil person right but and we, but we he, always also said too had we met negan's group first we would have thought rickman was the bad guy right exactly so i think it's interesting that they are taking us on this journey with maggie and not just maggie but we even see it with gabriel and Gabriel is a little bit different because when we met him, he was sketchy. And then we found out what he did to his congregation. And then we kind of seen his redemption arc. So it's interesting watching the journey of these two characters. Do I think Maggie is evil? No, not at all. But looking at what she's had to do and the decisions that she's making now and knowing that she's only making these decisions because she needs to survive, she needs to get back to her son and her main priority is to get food to the people back home so that they all survive. You know, right. I don't look at her actions as evil. She's doing what is necessary. And if we look at her in that sense, we have to look at Negan in the same way too. Negan really was doing what he thought he needed to do to have all of those hundreds or thousands of people that were with him to survive. Right. Now, we happen to catch him in a bad time because, again, he's trying to avenge people that our group killed unprovoked. If you really think about it, our group killed his people unprovoked. They were doing a favor for Gregory and the Hilltop right. because at that point, they didn't know anything about Negan's group, the saviors, no. except for Abraham, Sasha and Daryl, who met them in a whole other part of town on a separate mission. Right. So I was just sitting here looking at what transpired in this episode as far as, you know, Maggie wanting to kill Carver and then Daryl stopping her and then them having to go through what they went through trying to negotiate with Leah because Leah is at this point, she's like, no, they're not killing any more of our family. We're going to kill them all. Now, Leah, I feel like, that's an ungrateful bitch because at any point in time, Daryl could have gotten on those walkie talkies and he could have told them Leah was the one who killed Pope. And I he thought he even told I thought he was. Yes. I honestly thought, I said, he going to tell it. He is going to tell it. He didn't tell it. You know what? I never thought that he was going to tell it because I felt like. He's still trying to protect her in the end. I think that too, but also Daryl is not what we see about Daryl in this episode is Daryl, like Daryl is really thinking long and hard about everything that they're doing. He's like, we're doing this all wrong. What we survived all of this just to keep killing each other. What's the point? Right. You know, and I think Daryl doesn't want to be the one 
always killing folks, always having to kill to survive, having to kill to, you know, protect the people he loves. Nobody wants that. Let's be honest. Nobody wants to be a killer. Well, some people do, but I don't think anybody in our group, that's not their their life's purpose, their main goal. They do it because they have to. And for Leah to betray Daryl in the way that she did, she did that out of hurt. Yes, I understand because Daryl lied to her about Maggie and the group. But still, I think for him, it was one of those things where, okay, you know what? You did what you did out of desperation. Let me give you, let me get you a way out of it. Let me give you a way to save what's remaining of your people. Because at this point, she only had four people left. Excuse me. She only had three people left. The two who were down in the courtyard with her and the one person that was on the roof. She didn't have anybody else because they had pretty much killed everybody else. He was giving her an out. Like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna let you walk away with your people. You go save your family. Let me save mine. Let's just squash this, call it even and go. All she had to do was say yes and walk away. Walk away. But she wanted to try to force their hand with her little person on the roof. And then he got got by Gabriel. And we'll talk about Gabriel in a little bit. His and name. then she gonna have the nerve to say, is that offer still standing? No, bitch, that's <laughs> not <that's work. laughs> on the table. Like what? Like we oh, tried to give you an out. My bad. I was just playing. <laughs> like we tried to give you an out and you threatened us. You thought you was a badass. You thought you had motherfucker on the roof. You threatened us. What'd and now we're now? supposed to still offer you this? Like Maggie said, you would have killed us. You would have killed us and gone about your business and not thought anything of it. That's what y'all been doing. Speaking of which, before we move further into that, I have a question. So Leah and Daryl had a conversation a couple of episodes ago when she was talking about how they took Meridian. Mm-hmm. You know, when Daryl was asking her about how they came to be there and she told them we needed a place to stay, it was here, we took it. And Daryl was like, so y'all just forced the people who were here out? And she was like, we had a community to take care of, you know, blah, blah, blah. So where's the rest of this community? Because if they took over Meridian for all of these people, you know, we had families. I haven't seen not now other woman. I haven't seen any children. I haven't seen anybody who looked like they needed taken care of. So you just forced a whole bunch of people, men, women, children out of their home. Not, e- not even forced. You killed the ones that you could get to in there. And the ones who happened to escape just happened to be the ones that you should have killed because those were the ones who ended up being, you know, the, the, the means to your end. But where is this community she was speaking of? Well, Y'all going around killing how, uh, folks. Remember she kept saying how the Reapers would come in, destroy whole towns, kill everybody there. Yeah, but the Reapers were doing that because Leah said they had a community that they needed to protect, that they needed to take care of. Where is that community? Because think about it. Nobody else is there in Meridian. We haven't seen anybody else in Meridian but the soldiers, but Pope's yeah, soldiers. They killed them and strung them all up. Those were, but those were the Meridian people. 
I'm saying Leah said that the Reavers, they had their own community families, right? right. Families that they had to take care of. I don't think of. it was that many. Because remember, it was no, because remember when, when she first got with Daryl and she was like, she was with her people and a mm-hmm. herd came through and wiped out a bunch of them. And that's yeah. how she lost her son. So they lost some there. And I'm sure the same way they came across Maggie's, you know, the, the survivors. And, and lost some people that way too. So I'm sure even but though all they the people taking like, over groups, you know, every time you're taking over a group, there's no guarantee you're getting out with everybody unscathed. You may lose one, lose one. Because even the night they were sitting around the fire, it wasn't but about 10 or 15 of them. But that's that's what I'm saying though. Leah is the only woman and there's no children. So where are these so-called families that you were going out killing other people for? so that they can have a place to stay so that they can have food to eat it just you know there's there's something i read in an article about norman reedus saying that he wished that they had had more time to explore that whole storyline because he feels like it was rushed i'm starting to feel that way as well like i didn't have a problem with them introducing leah i didn't have a problem with them introducing another love interest for daryl because as much as people want to focus on the core group, the world is bigger than that, even in a zombie apocalypse. Mm. There, has, there has to be other people that we find out about that have a role to play in the overall story. So I've never had a problem with them introducing new characters or even focusing on the newer characters. That's never been an issue. But I do feel like in them trying to introduce this this kind of conundrum for Daryl, like, okay, he met this person that he cares about, but now he has to make a choice between her and his family. And it's like, I just feel like they left some stuff out or they put some stuff in and then didn't have time to follow up on it. Because I'm like, y'all did all this killing for what? Y'all literally displaced whole families, whole communities. If it wasn't but 20, 30 of y'all, y'all could have been like, yo, we need some shelter. The people of Meridian probably would have been like, they're soldiers. They can help protect us. Brought them in. Unfortunately, nobody thinks like that. Because think back to the beginning. Even when the survivors got to Alexandria, remember Rick was like, how many of you people do I have to kill? Kill? You, You coming in ready to... Because you want to make sure it's safe for your your son mm-hmm. and your daughter. So right. everybody has that mentality where, I don't know if I can trust these people. I don't mm-hmm. know what they're going to do. I don't know, you know, ulterior motives, whatever. Because, hey, look at Terminus. You, uh, They got posters everywhere. Sirens going off. Arrive, stay alive. What? Stay alive? Stay alive? Long enough for you to fatten me up so you can eat me? But hey. even with Terminus, that started out as their purpose, like they really did start out wanting to help people. It just happened to be that they took in one group who was like, yeah, we're going to take all this from y'all. Like the world is big enough now. Like literally a majority of the population is gone. Mm -hmm. Just like everybody else cleared out. Y'all can clear out and y'all can go live your merry little lives and figure this shit out. Mm. But of course you can't do that because human nature. People are going to be assholes. People are always going to try to take something that doesn't belong to them or something that they didn't earn or 
it's it's just you know shitty humanity but you know leah should have taken the offer and she should have got the hell on with her three little people but because she didn't and you thought you had the upper hand she fucked up fucked up like i said you know you don't fucked up right (laughs) right because right yeah she fucked up big time and here's the thing. So once once she shows her quote unquote upper hand and they have to untie Carver and let him go, Carver should have kept his mouth shut. He should have kept his mouth shut, but he had to go and be an asshole and brag. Okay, this is the thing. He had to go and brag to Elijah, not necessarily brag like, uh-huh, I killed your sister. Oh yeah, what was her name? Like just like digging that knife in a little deeper. Elijah should have sat his ass down because he already can't walk. But of course he has to, he has to like try and stand up for his sister in her honor. I understand that. that. I looked at him like, you're going to get your ass up. That's okay. Because Elijah got what he needed, you know, because I forgot what happened. So, oh, so when they still thought they had Jensen on the rooftop, Gabriel kind of let them know, yeah, no, Jensen's not here anymore. He's already taken over. He's got the rifle. And then that's when Leah pulls the hole. Is that offer still on the table? Bitch, if you don't get your ass down the street, just go, just go, go. And then Elijah tells Maggie, he's like, no, because he was adamant. Carver has to die. They killed our people. They killed my sister. And what did he say? For Josephine, for them all. Girl, when I tell you when Maggie got up, reached for that gun in her back and started aiming, I said, oh, shit's about to get real. Super real. Honey, let me tell you. Maggie turned that corner. Yeah, go and run, bitch. Maggie shoots one of the guys, shoots the second one. The second one, she actually manages to shoot him in the head on the first shot. Leah takes off. She shoots Leah in the shoulder. I'm going to be honest. I think she did that on purpose for Daryl. I think she did that. I I think she did that on purpose. She was like, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to shoot her in the shoulder. I'm not going to kill her outright. But the two guys, yeah, I felt like, I felt like she, she was like, yeah, I'm going to leave. Ain't that much of a threat. No, I don't think is that. I think because at this point, Daryl realizes what she's about to do and he calls out her name. So I think he might have, I think he might have distracted her a little bit because I don't really think Maggie wanted to kill them. I don't think that she want, I don't think that she, I think she did it because she knew she had to and she did it for Elijah. But if she had her choice, I think that little part of her humanity was probably still in there saying, just let them go. But I think at that point, she knew if she killed them, she would turn a corner. And that's what she did. She killed them. I think her plan has always been to kill them, personally, because you you made me go on the run with my son. You put my son in danger. Her whole thought is her baby. Like, Mm -hmm. after all this, you you put my kid in danger. We running and hiding. I mean, y'all showed no mercy. Y'all didn't care if they were children. Y'all didn't care if they were women. Y'all were Mm -hmm. killing wiping out whole cities so to me it's like just like kind of when she told the story about when she found the man who had the pregnant girls Mm -hmm. you know kind of like that 
I'm doing what I have to do for my son. And I know if I let y'all live, there's a chance that you either going to come back, you're going to be looking for me. She ain't going to make the same mistake again. They like they did with Negan, letting them go, letting them live, sit in prison, whatever, you know, they not, she's not doing that again because at this point now she have her baby to think about like, nah, I'm good. That's not going to happen. You got to die. And I guess part, part of the, I can see your point, but I think too, we're missing a part of the story because again, they've already killed off Pope and supposedly the conflict was really between her and Pope. Like Pope was the one. Did we ever find out what the reason was? No. no. Yeah. I didn't think so. And I didn't hear that anyway. We didn't. Anywhere. So, so we don't know what that whole conflict was. We don't know why Pope was so obsessed with Maggie, but I think for Leah, she probably wanted Maggie dead because she feels like Pope's obsession with Maggie led to so many of her people dying, not necessarily Maggie Pope's obsession with Maggie. And again, we don't know why that obsession was there in the same sense. The reason why I say, I feel like Maggie maybe didn't want to kill them for a couple of reasons. One Pope was the leader. So anything that they were doing, they were doing under Pope's leadership. They were doing under Pope's orders. That includes whatever they did in Meridian. Now, some people like Carver probably got some enjoyment out of it. But the others may have been, hey, I'm just here to survive. You know, I'm just doing what it takes to survive. And if this is what my leader tells me we have to do to survive, then that's what I'm going to do. You always have people of those two minds in there, just like with Alden and the saviors. Alden, when we first met him, he was like, look, they found me. I need a, a place to stay safe. And doing the stuff that he tells us to do, that keeps me safe. Right. So I think that she probably did have that thought because this is still Maggie that we're talking about. This is still Herschel's daughter. So that kindness, that that devil's advocate, that, okay, let me think this way. I think that part of her is still there and she was trying to hold on to that. But once they gave them the option to leave and Leah instead was like, okay, we're going to show y'all we got the upper hand. I think that's when Maggie was like, okay, you know what? Nope. You got it. Because even then they were going to walk away. And when Elijah was the one who said for Josephine, for everyone or for them all, that's when Maggie was like, nope, got to do it. Bang, bang, bang. So I think at that point she was really fighting. And then, of course, when she does that, she turns over, she, you know, she kind of walks back and she looks at Negan a little bit because now in some ways she's not doing anything different than what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? She's doing what she has to do to save her people, including killing. So I was like, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, we're getting Maggie's villain origin story, (laughs) which again, I don't look at her as a villain. I look at her as somebody protecting her people. But if I look at her in that same way, I have to look at him in that same way. Yes, he was a little more sadistic about it. He was more cruel. But in his mind, he was trying to prove a point to this group that threatened his. Like, you can't come and kill my people and there not be consequences. So on the same hand with Gabriel, Gabriel is kind of sort of in the same way. Like, Watching these season 11 episodes, I'm thinking about these characters in an all new light, you know, and it's always been that 
you can't really put them in categories of good or bad. I think that's one of the that's one of the main themes of the show. You can't make things black and white like that with these characters because they've been through so much, because they've had to deal with so much. There's always going to be that kind of tug and pull between their morality and their survival. Right. Because in this type of world, it's very rare that you're going to have both. Now, I will say this, the priest for Pope's people, I feel like maybe he was one of those rare people. Like he was still holding on to his morality, but he was doing what he had to do if he had to defend himself. But even when he's confronted with Gabriel, that little exchange that was between them, because he was still so sure of his faith. Now think about it again. This is a world that has been riddled with zombies for the last, at this point, 11 years, maybe. You know what I'm saying? 11, 12 years. This is a man who is still holding on to his faith. He still hears God and he still allows that influence to guide him in whatever he does. Gabriel is there with a huge machete and he actually sheathes his knife to show Gabriel, I'm not going to do anything to you. I want to help you. But Gabriel has to make a decision like, okay, so am I going to sit here and try to renew my faith or am I going to go help my people? And at this point, Gabriel's like, you know what, Shank, I got to go help my people. And we've seen this kind of cruelty come, uh, you know, with him in the 10C episodes when he he and Aaron encountered um I can't remember the dude's name in the warehouse. Oh um so I know who you're talking about I can't think of it. Yeah but it was seeing Gabriel in the last few episodes because he also killed another Reaper just kind of out the blue. You know the Reaper was asking him to pray for him or something and he was like God's not here anymore. God's not here anymore. Lord so it's kind of like with Gabriel, it's one of those things too, because like I said, when we met Gabriel, he was this very cowardly, very shady, two-faced, backstabbing person, yeah. you know, this priest who left his whole entire flock to die while he stayed ensconced in the church. We've seen his redemption or we've seen, you know, what could be his redemption as far as him being a faithful person in Rick's flock, him doing what he needs to do to survive the people, him finding love, finding a purpose, becoming a leader of our group. But we still see that darkness in him. We saw that darkness in him when he killed Dante after what happened to Sadiq. We see it when he's dealing with the Reapers. That darkness is there. Does that mean Gabriel is an evil person? Not necessarily. Does it mean he's a good person? I mean, does his redemption mean he's a good person? Not necessarily. I don't think it's, it's good or bad anymore. It's not black or white. They are all like in this gray area. And I think people need to start accepting that, that all of these characters have major flaws. All of these characters have been through some shit. that's going to make them make decisions that you and I would not make in this present world because we don't have to deal with the circumstances that they have to deal with there. Right. You know what? I'm not running around the corner trying to flee from somebody trying to kill me every 15 minutes. And then on top of that, having to flee from the walkers who are trying to eat me. 
Right. We don't have to deal with that. So we don't have to make those decisions. And for people to get mad because of decisions being made, whether it's Negan, whether it's Maggie, whether it's whoever, it's not, it's not that simple anymore. Right. And you notice now, even because even after Father Gabriel killed the Reaper priest, because um, I noticed it once, I didn't notice it until he really got back to um, Alexandria, but he no longer has his collar on. And then even when he was on the thing, he said, you can call me Gabriel, not Father Gabriel. You can call me Gabriel. I did notice so he that. Dropped, he, he, but he, I didn't notice the collar. It's gone. Gone. When, when you get to the end of the episode, gone. Because I looked and I was like, because it's unbuttoned. It's unbuttoned. Ah, I so I wonder, I wonder if maybe he did that after he killed the priest. Like he was oh, like, okay, you know what? It's all, it's because this is a person. The, if, while, while he's on the rooftop. Mm, because it's like this is a person who maybe not shared the same faith but you guys were both men of the cloth Mm -hmm. this person was offering you his version of salvation you know let me help you listen let me help you hear him again and again like I said I think the priest might have been actually sincere in what he was trying to do and it is that conundrum with with Gabriel like is this person really somebody that I can trust, somebody who is being genuine? And the problem is we will have no way of ever knowing that because if Gabriel had taken a- trusted too many people and right. it bit them in the ass. They trusted too many people. If you look along the way, they have trusted so many people and it backfired. Mm-hmm. Like I, man of the cloth or not, I, I'm not taking your word. Right. Because he could have done the same like, thing Gabriel did. And then- because even even Gabriel was like, oh, you can still hear him. Because remember, Gabriel in the beginning would say God was talking to him. And so now it's like this man can hear him. But he was like, let me help you hear him again. And Gabriel been past that point where he wants to hear him again. Because right. all, all the references leading up to this guy's not here no more. Um, and just in the way that he's behaving and being. Gabriel is Pat. He, he, right. He's Gabriel, not Father Gabriel. He's just Gabriel because yes. he's don't hear no more. He don't get the signs that he used to get. And for him, it's like, look, I got to survive. I got a girlfriend. I'm a baby daddy. You know, I got a whole right. bunch going on. And I'm trying to make sure that, you know, my people survive. <laughs> yeah. But I was just saying, like, how he is trying to make sure that his family is safe. What he's created as, as his family with Rosito mm-hmm. and Coco, he wanted to make sure they safe. So even if Father Reaper was being sincere and I don't know his name, Father Reaper was being sincere because even he was like, you know, I saw you when you was at the graveyard or wherever, you know, when they he were sent them, the yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, God spoke to me and told me I wouldn't be harmed. Yeah. But here's the other thing too. I think also for Gabriel, if he had accepted Father Reaper, that's what we're going to call him. <laughs> if, he had, if he had accepted his help, if he had gone back into that mindset of listening for God and hearing God and, and doing what he felt like God wanted him to do, I think he felt like he would not be able to be the man or the leader that he needs to be for Alexandria. Because if you're... if if you're approaching all of this with compassion and with understanding, 
you're going to give people a lot of leeway that, like you said, they take advantage of. I mean, we've seen this because that's how Gabriel was when they first got to Alexandria. He was still trying to be the preacher. He was still trying to hold on to his faith. He was trying to help other people in Alexandria hold on to their faith. And what happened? The wolves came and the, the whisperers came and they just had all of these things back to back. And he pretty much played just a peaceful part in it. And even though that worked for them at the time, you know, because he didn't want to kill or he couldn't fight, he actually, you know, protected baby Judith while Rick and the rest of them, you know, um, fought off the walkers when that horde came through the first time. I mean, he served his purpose doing that. But I think now, especially with the way things are, they're starving. You know, they just got out of a war and their homes are demolished and and they have to do a lot of rebuilding. They're going to have to make some hard decisions. He's not going to be able to make those hard decisions if you've got this voice whispering in your ear telling you what's good and what's not good or what's moral, what's ethical. Or I don't think that he would be able to be who he needs to be for them, or at least that's probably not what he's thinking. Like if I start back listening to God again, or going into this, I can't do what I need to do. And I think that was one of the things that made that decision for him and for him to kill father reefer is kind of like, okay, this is me making a definite choice on what direction my life path is going to take. Right. So I mean, it's a good thing for us because he was able to do what he needed to do right. to give our team the upper hand again. Yeah. And then, like I said, Maggie, you know, she went vigilante and she gunned them down. She shot Leah and Leah got away. Daryl went to go find her. And I think he he found her. Or he knew where she was. And he just told her, this is not the way I wanted this to go. It could have been so different. All you had to do was walk away. He was like, leave before I change my mind. I think at that point, whatever Daryl felt for her, done. Oh. And I think she knew it. Gone. Because she sat there and she was just like, like, I just fucked this up. She could have run away with me. She could have killed Pope. She could have told her family. She she could have told her family what Pope was doing. Pope was the one who was sending everybody out, getting them killed. And he didn't care at this point that he was sending people out to get killed. That's why I killed him. Now, let's try to work together so all of us could could survive. She could have done that and they could have avoided all of this. But again, I think she was pissed with Maggie because of Pope's obsession with her. Not because of anything Maggie strictly did, because again, we don't know what happened between Maggie and Pope that caused that. But Pope's obsession with Maggie and with killing Maggie is what led to the demise of her family. Yes. Not Maggie herself. Right. Pope did that. And I think Leah was probably pissed about that. Like, oh, it's because of you that he lost his focus. Mm. So now I need to, I need to kill you in order to avenge all of them, including you know, Pope innocent. Everybody, like at this point to me, if we've been searching out this lady, burning through towns, um, um, killing people that come across our path, and we done killed who knows how many hundreds of people, Mm -hmm. we still ain't found this bitch. 
like at what point do you say you know what cut our losses but you're so vengeful and you're so determined to find her you got the guy that blew himself up that's one person you lost then when they chasing them through the mall how many people you lose there about three or four and then you killed your own guy by throwing them in the fire you know it's all you losing so many people trying to get this one lady but not realizing she got a you know, a whole army over here. I mean, they ain't a big army, but you know, they got this whole, ar- you know, army over here that's right. fucking up your people. But you not know, only that, even yeah. when, even when Pope threw old boy in the fire and he was like, oh, it looked like he was running away. You know, you don't care about the survival of your people. You, oh, he, he, you shot in the, he shot in the back or some shit. Like, you don't mm-hmm. care that your people are out here dying. Your main focus is this lady, and, and Pope wasn't concerned about his family at all. Because you keep mm-hmm. sending them out to get killed. Y'all come back every time you come back. It's one less person. It's one less person. But you steady want to send crews out. Like at some point, that's why it's on ten of y'all around this fire, and you're trying to recruit Daryl ass. Right. And here's the other thing too: if she's this good at evading you. Leave her the fuck alone. That part. Just leave her alone. You can't catch her. Just leave her alone. Because they didn't even make because it to Alexandria or Hilltop or any of these other places where she made it to. Or even out in the woods where she was leaving notes for Carol. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all couldn't even find her till she came to where you were. Right. Exactly. Like, that's the, like that's you've, you already succeed, you've already succeeded in taking her home and I, I get what Leah said, you know, we have to make sure the reason why they were out there going after them is because they needed to make sure that they don't come back. Y'all should have thought about that before you took over the place. But see, the problem is they're so used to taking over places and the people dying or, you know, killing people and whoever leaves, they can catch them and kill them. They weren't used to dealing with somebody like Maggie. So I think that presented a bit of a challenge too. And maybe that, maybe that was just the whole thing. Maybe that's why Pope was obsessed just because of the fact that, okay, we usually tie up all loose ends, but we aren't able to because this bitch and her group keep disappearing. That's probably what he was thinking. Like, no, I can't be defeated because again, he was one of those, God is leading the way. God is telling us what to do. Well, obviously God is also telling her to get the fuck away from y'all. So... (laughs) God I mean, is giving her great hiding places, this man. So yeah. She is the best at hide and seek because you cannot find her. And the moment that you see, you keep sending people out to find her, and less and less people are coming back to you alive. That would have been my cut my losses and go. Because if you started with a group of 40 and now you only got a group of 20 or a group of 15, obviously you're not doing something right. Obviously, you're not doing something right. Just cut your losses Clearly. and go. Clearly. You already you already have the, the place. You already have all their food, all of their resources. I mean, they had an infirmary. They had a school. Maggie had a good thing going there. Y'all already took it. Leave it alone. Just leave your guards up to guard the place. And if anybody tries to come back and get it, then you go. Then you do something. But that's too smart. But you went after her. Since your people after her and kept getting them killed. But, but you stay behind the walls of Meridian. You're right. not going out there to find her. And then that's the thing. You ain't even saying bring her back alive. Y'all like kill her. Like you don't even want the satisfaction. You just want to know she's dead. 
Like you don't right. want to do the work. You send everybody and their mama out there. And then you end up getting killed by one of your people because of your irresponsibility. See, again, that is still something I'm pissed off about because I feel but like see, y'all built this up. Y'all built up this whole Pope thing and then y'all cut it short before we had any real resolution to it. And then that's another thing because once he found out Maggie was down in that crowd, he didn't even care that his people was down there. Didn't even care. So what was the point? Like literally say close the gate or launch the weapon. With your people still down there. So you right. don't give no fuck about them. Mm-hmm. Your family, so-called. You don't give no fuck about them. You, your, your vengeance was so laser focused. You missing the big picture. You mm-hmm. killed all your people. Because at the end, it was what, four of them, five of them? Four. Because it no, was Leah. It, it was five. It was Vincent, Leah. Oh, yeah, Carver, five and Carver. And the two mm-hmm. dudes, yep. the two no-name dudes. So yep. it's five of them at the end. Yeah, you only started out with 12. <laughs> so all that. And now all them dead, Pope dead, and Maggie ass alive. Right. And it was so satisfying to see Maggie plant that damn thing in Carver's chest. It was so satisfying. Now I'm gonna miss his fine ass, but that was so satisfying. A mess. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But ooh, one thing about this show, nobody likes it when Daryl is not speaking to them because Daryl is at this point pissed. Absolutely. And I don't even know if he's just pissed because she did what she did, or if he's pissed because. He understood why she did what she did. And maybe he was, maybe he's just mad because of the necessity of it all. Because yeah, with a group like Leah's, you can't have let them just walk off into the sunset because at some point they are going to try to come back after you. So that was, that was, yeah. So they couldn't leave that unfinished. And I have a feeling it might come back to bite them in the ass because Leah is still alive. She is still out there. It'll be easier for her to get in anywhere because it's just her. Mm-hmm. Now, I really hope she didn't follow them to Alexandria, but she probably did. I don't think she's going to do anything because the Commonwealth is there now and we'll get to that. But I mean, she may end up in the Commonwealth. I mean, she would make a good soldier, but I don't I don't think I see her falling in with another group where she'll have to take orders. Yeah, no. I think she's had enough of that. Don't go back to the house. She might. She might just be like, you know what? Fuck all of this. I'm I'm just going back. But I'd be smart of her. Oh, right. and just FYI, Father Gabriel did not have the collar on when he killed Jensen. At the okay. Room, he don't have it on. Okay. So that's why he said just call me Gabriel because the collar oh, is on. He was done. Okay. Done. Okay. Probably after he killed the priest. After yeah. He killed, yeah. He, after he killed Father Reaper, he was done yep that's that's what i figured like he that was probably his okay you know what that's it that was the that was the last thing that was the last little piece of me holding on to this old life you kill a priest now you're done especially if as you know father reaver said especially if he was still hearing god you just basically spit in god's face like oh yeah you had a connection to him but i'm gonna kill that connection so yeah, he probably was like done. That's not going well. <laughs> we'll see. But 
needless to say, they get what they came for. They're able to get food and everything and take it back. Where the horses Maggie, hmm? Where'd the horses come from? They probably had the horses were there because remember, oh, remember. Like- yeah, I think that I think the horses were probably in the stables there at Meridian. Okay. Yeah. Like I said. <laughs> Where the hell did your horses? Yeah, because I mean, think about it. They had a cart too, so you have to have something to pull the cart. So yeah, so I think that's what it was. So as they're getting ready to ready the cart to go back to Meridian, Maggie has to take a side trip. And she tells them she's going to meet them. (sighs) She goes back to the little church where they left Alden. And even though I knew it was coming, I think it was still sad. Yes. That Alden is gone. She was sad about it. And I don't know if he died from his injury or if it was that walk, because there was a walker in there with him. And I don't know where that walker came from. I didn't, I've only seen up to that part of the episode once. I haven't had a chance to go back and rewatch it. I'm actually rewatching it in the background, but I couldn't tell if maybe that was one of the Reapers that was just kind of solo and happened to get in there, or if that may have been a walker that was in the church and they just didn't know it at the time that they left Alden in there. But of course, Alden was hurt. So even if it was, he probably wasn't able to defend himself or maybe he just died from his injuries. I think he just died though, because he wasn't, um, he didn't look bitten or eaten, you know, like the walker got him. So he didn't look like he may have just died. And the other walker probably just got in there because of the noise, you know, they follow the noise. But that's the first time we've seen Maggie kind of lose it emotionally. In, in a long time so I think that one hit her hard and again it you know Alden's story he started out as a savior he did you know he was one of the people that Maggie took hostage and she was planning to kill him at that time and he kind of talked her out of it he was like look just because we're with them we don't all think like them we don't all act like them some of us are there just for necessity because we wanted to survive right And he ended up becoming a very loyal person on our team. He ended up becoming a great friend to Maggie. Mm -hmm. And for him to end that way, I, you know, I just, I think it sucks. Yeah. But she goes out. I think we all kind of knew that was coming though. Yeah. When they left him, I said it when they left him. Oh, he, he going to be dead when they come back. I think we all said it. Yep. Yeah. But, um, you know, she she takes him outside and she buries him and and Negan shows up by himself. And let me tell you that shot that they had of of the pipe and just kind of his leg. I was like, is she about to regret leaving him alive? Because I really thought he was going to try to attack her. But at the same time, if you look at the way that he's treated her over the last few episodes, I don't think he wants that confrontation. I think he just basically is like, look, you are basically becoming what I became. And he's just there. He's, he was just along for the ride, you know, not necessarily saying aha, but it was kind of like, this is what happens. This is how you get from who you were to who you are now. He's, he's been in that transformation before he's been down that path. And I think at the same time, that's the reason why he decided, yeah, so I know that you said that you wasn't going to kill me if I helped, but I don't want to be looking over my shoulder the rest of my life. So, 
Yeah, I'm about. I'm out. <laughs> because again, he sees himself in her. He sees where he started mm-hmm. and how he progressed to become who he ended up becoming. And not even that. He don't want to be around her, have his guard down and, right. and, and get killed. Because here's the thing. You created that monster. He was the one that created that monster. And I think that's the thing that he realizes. He's like, yeah, I see where this is going to end up. And if I stay, you are going to become me. And I think he saw that. He was like, you know what? Yeah, no, let's not do this. I'm going to go ahead and go my way. And then that way you can figure out your things on your own and, and whatever. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Megan is about self-preservation. Period. Of course. Yes. And he is not about to go back to Alexandria because they know, number one, what he did it will never be erased. The only one who is upset that he is going is who? Lydia. Because she's like, what the fuck is Negan? Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I did feel sad for her because Negan is the, because of the way he came into the group mm-hmm. and his ostrich ostrich uh, i can't even say it but and his Ostr- isolation Ostr- yes I, I i can't get it out i'm not gonna <laughs> try to but he was the first one and probably the only one for a long time aside from henry who treated her like a a, a real person right. who understood that even after alpha died that she was glad alpha was gone but at the same time she mourned alpha because when all is said and done that was still her mother all right and right. Negan never made her feel bad for that, mm. I don't think. And so I did feel no. sorry for her that he wasn't there for her, but I think she'll be okay. You know, when yeah. she has to save Aaron, and we'll talk about the Alexandria stuff, but when she saves Aaron and he thanks her and she says, you would have done the same for me, he stops and he looks at her and he was like, yeah, I would have. I think for a lot of them, this is, you know, again, this is really fresh off the Whisperer War. Yeah. You know, when when all of this is happening, it, it can't have been but a few weeks. So all of that is still raw for them. So I think that they are looking at her and just kind of slowly saying, OK, yeah, you know what? She is one of us mm-hmm. because she was sitting there fighting the walkers just like Rosita was, just like Diane was. She was trying to protect everybody else in that house, mm-hmm. you know, and I think at some point they, they have to realize that. But that's what everybody, though, everybody has done some Tara prime example. She was the first one. Right. It was our first redemption. You know what I mean? She attacked mm-hmm. the prison with the governor. Mm-hmm. But look at what she turned into. So it's like every little group has that one defect where I, I, I want to be on the other side. Mm-hmm. Where this is not necessarily where I, because even with uh, some of the whispers, once they saw how Hilltop had a whole community and people had beds and people had this, the people had mm-hmm. that, they started talking amongst themselves like, we don't have to be out here eating berries and and such. We can sleep in a bed. We can have water and and be clean. <laughs> we can be clean and, and uh, not walk around with these nasty ass masks on our face that part yeah. but then as those things start spreading through her group of people her horde 
what she do? She killed them people. I was like, no, we won't have that ideology over here. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be a grunt and in the dirt and in living in the woods and dirty clothes and not take no bath. Right. You know, so it's always somebody in the group who sees the flaw in their leader. Like, because mm-hmm. uh, that was Alden, Tara with the governor, yeah. Lydia with the whispers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always somebody in each little group offshoot that says, I don't think I want to do this. Except like, this for the termites. for the termites, because they all wanted to eat motherfuckers. <laughs> she said the termites. Oh my goodness. But I don't even think they they wanted to do that. Again, they did that as a response to what other people did to them. Mm-hmm. But not to eat their ass. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. The people that ended up doing that to them, that's what they did. You know, they started that little thing and they were killing people and raping people and and doing that. And, you know, even Gareth said, do you think this is what we wanted to become? This is not what we wanted to do. But as food gets scarce and you have more and more people to feed, unfortunately, we see that in stories all the time when you are with people and you are trapped and there's no other food source and you're going days, weeks after a while, that animalistic nature is going to take over because it's a fight to survive or die. Mm-hmm. So even with them, if you look at that, they were just doing what they needed to do to survive. It was horrendous. Yes. But who's to say if something happened like that to us and we're sitting here for weeks on end, no food in sight, no other food source. You know, your best friend might start looking a little tasty after a while. Because <laughs> what? Ain't it a movie called, what, Alive? What, about the plane crash where they crashed on the mountain and they start eating they, eating they, they homie? They have to do like, it, you know? He died. I may well eat that meat. <laughs> I mean, you start with the animals and then once the animals are gone, you really don't have too much choice. You know, sticks and berries are only going to hold you for so long. Mm-hmm. And you got to so. start eating butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it's like everybody has everybody has their story as far as how they got to be the person that they are. Yeah. And sometimes it's a good story, but most times, especially in a zombie apocalypse, it's not going to be a pretty story at all. At all. Yeah. So we just have to look at those stories individually and like just really start thinking about, okay, humanity in that kind of world. And in those kind of circumstances, would you do anything less? Like, honestly, and, and we're going to keep going back to the Negan thing because Negan is the one that people seem to complain about the most because he's been around the, the longest right. as far as an antagonist. And again, he did what he did. You know, he killed he killed people that were extremely close to us as far as viewers and as far as our group. Mm-hmm. But if we had been in that position, if Rick had been in that position, if those were Rick's people in the lighthouse and someone else came in and just killed them because what they want to get an upper hand on the goods in another neighborhood. And that's really what it was. It wasn't fully because the saviors were threatening because, yeah, they were threatening, but they were threatening that group. They weren't threatening y'all. Y'all weren't even on the radar at this point. And probably would not have been on the radar because they were at least 20 miles away from where Negan's place was centrally. They could have gone maybe another six months without ever being on Negan's radar. 
dumb. That's what happens when you get in other people's business. Right. right there. Mind your business. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. And I you, know. won't have, you won't have motherfuckers coming to you trying to beat your kids. What about? I know. But you know what? Our what lane didn't have look. Look, our lane didn't have food. Our lane didn't have medicine. Our lane didn't have a, a OBGYN. So <laughs> you do what you got to do. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Let's move on over to Alexandria because, you know, again, Lee is the only thing left in the Reapers. And I know we haven't seen the last of her, but at this point, she's not much of a threat, except for the fact that she's really, really pissed. She ain't going to be doing much since she finds somebody dig that bullet out her shoulder. I know. I know. <laughs> The people in Alexandria can't catch a motherfucking break. It's bad enough the walls are down. It's bad enough they have no food because the Whisperer Horde tore through the neighborhood, trampled all of the gardens. The Whispers destroyed all the food. Most of the houses look uninhabitable. Now they got to deal with another fucking storm. And they were dealing with this storm right before the break. So we pick up there as well. The walkers have gotten into the house. Judith and Gracie have gotten separated from the rest of the group and they're down in the basement. Two more kids that need a whooping. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Had you did what you were supposed to do and followed the group, your ass would have been upstairs. Now y'all want to be super babies and help fight. No, carry your ass upstairs. I know. I know. And who gets scared and going to the basement? The basement is supposed to be the scariest place. Why would you hide in the basement? All kids are scared in the basement. Except these two bad motherfuckers. You want to go in there with no way out and a broken window flooding. Well, see, that's uh, the thing. They didn't realize the window was broken and it was flooding when they got down there. But once they got down there, they really didn't have much choice. Because they couldn't get back up. And let me tell you, that was one of the sequences that I watched like this with my hands over my my eyes. Because I was like, not the babies, not the babies. Of course. I knew what nothing going to happen to them. I knew, but still, that was that was scary. Like, I don't want to be in the basement with them walkers. And then when Aaron comes in all gargantuan with his girl, let me tell you. How he fit through that window is my first question. My second question is... I, I got the scene, but I was it was just so when Lydia came to help me help him and he wait, first he was on the pole. Girl, let me tell and you. I said that pipe scene. That pipe scene. He was holding on for dear life. Did you not see all the walkers in the water? I would have been holding on for dear life too. I would have no, just no, no. stayed there. I said how the pipe didn't fall. Oh, well, part of it did. But the part with the lightest part of his body, your legs is lighter than your whole upper torso. And then, and then when Lydia was like, oh, let me save you. Let me save you. What? Who tied the string to something else in the house? Because it was a string tied that he climbed out on. What she, was tied to? So I'm, I'm assuming because she looks at him, she says, hold on, I'll be right back. And then he makes that, I'm not going anywhere. So I'm assuming she went and got a string from somewhere because she couldn't go back into the main house because they're fighting walkers there. Right. So they were, there was another house next door. So she probably went there, That's tied the string. But this what, is the thing. What was it tied to in the basement? See, that's the thing I want to know. Like, how did she get it to him? Or did she just get it to the top part of the pipe and he still had to crawl his way there to get to? But they don't show us that. 
and they didn't show they didn't show it to us on purpose was not Lydia wasn't holding that goddamn string no it was it was tied it was tied to a pole and it was a rope so it would have been strong enough but again they didn't show us that because that would have been like how how y'all they know that's some bullshit what the hell? I looked at that. I said, I'm going to go with it because it's on the show, but that is not how that no, I'm going to go with it because they're saving Aaron because if Aaron would have died, I would have been pissed okay. because Aaron well, is we'll one of my... You, we'll give you the saving of Aaron, but... Yes. Yes. But yeah, y'all could have showed us how y'all did it. They could. Because I have questions. They could. They, there's no way to show that. Yeah. So... Because it got to be tied to something in the basement. Number one, Aaron only got one hand. What the fuck? You, you kind of not. <laughs> I don't Number know. Two, it's walkers in the water. What? He was probably holding on like this and beating down like this, and then oh, got a got a space cleared enough in the water. He probably jumped in the water and then I, girl, I don't know. I don't know because you're right. How is he going <laughs> to climb that's that not- rope? Like I understand, Aaron might be strong. You know his his right hand might be a little bit stronger. But one, you're carrying your whole body weight. Two, you're carrying your wet body weight. Three, it's a whole bunch of fucking walkers in the goddamn water. And half the pipe gone, and you just holding your feet up with your upper body strength. Yeah, I, I I'll give you that one. That one was a little bit um. Unbelievable. Realistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super yeah. unbelievable. Because I was like, we'll allow it because they don't do unbelievable stuff very often. And I and I'm saying this about a zombie apocalypse show. They don't do unrealistic stuff very often. Like some <laughs> of the stuff that they do, you can actually explain it in a way that makes sense. But that scene, no, I I don't I don't know. I'm gonna I'm I'm just take your word for it that you know it miraculously happened because right yeah right. I don't believe it right it's one of the smallest littlest like that big yeah of a flaw mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I'm glad Aaron saved the babies and I'm glad Aaron survived this one. Aaron saved the babies he saved them and apparently they survive and apparently they got rid of all the walkers because the next time we see them is when Daryl and them are coming back and and the best thing about the whole wait 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 we'll talk about that we'll talk about that wait because I still I'm still trying to figure out like the rain is gone and y'all are just standing there like they're they were supposed to they got the wall second unbelievable thing because (laughs) There was more than one. There was more than one breach. Two, that was a lot of walkers. Now, granted, it might not have been as many as we thought, but they came from somewhere because we know that that major herd all went over the cliff with alphas. So maybe it just wasn't as many walkers as we thought it was. But I mean, once the storm was over and they're all able to focus, they probably were able to kill them all. But it's kind of like, because it was 17 million in the goddamn house. Like most at no point did the walker stop. But most of them are in the basement now. They're probably stuck in the basement with the water. <laughs> so they left saying. the stairs to go. They left going up the stairs to go down the stairs to go to the No, bed. remember the stairs collapsed. No, That's no, how no. So- where where uh Rosita and uh Lydia were. Oh. Get them to get them from going upstairs. 
Whereas oh, they probably yeah, they probably killed all of those because think about it. They are good walker killers on a bad day. So if you're sitting there and you're killing the walkers and the dead walkers are creating a barrier that the other walkers can't get to, that kind of makes it easier to kill the rest of the walkers. But And, you know, and I was looking for that, but I didn't see that as they were killing them. You know, mm-hmm. it would make a, it wasn't making no pile. Go back and look, because that, that was my thought, too. Like, at what point are y'all going to have killed enough for them to? It probably you know, did. That probably happened off screen too, just like okay. Aaron coming out the basement. Okay, okay, okay. That's and what then, of course, they can't look. You can't really do shit in that house anymore because you got all the dead walkers down there. So they probably all climbed out the window, just like Lydia did. Except for one person that I noticed was missing at the end of the episode when everybody was gathered to hear what the Commonwealth had to say. Virgil was missing. So I'm like, did y'all leave Virgil in the house to be like, yeah, we know you hurt. So we're going to clear out the walkers and help you out later. But we got to figure out who these stormtroopers are coming into the neighborhood. But yeah, I noticed I was like, Virgil's not there. Oh, shit. I missed that. Yeah, he wasn't there. So I was like, yeah, he must be in the house. He must be recuperating. Like they probably look, they probably use that rope to tie around him and lower him out the window so they could take him somewhere else. That's probably what they did. Because other than that, the only thing I can think of is that they left him in the house like, yo, we'll come back for you when when all this is sorted out. But do we see him at the Commonwealth? I haven't seen that yet. I don't know. I don't know. We've only seen little glimpses of the Commonwealth. But yes, before we get to all that, let's talk about the reunion because Daryl and company and they come back. And of course, you know, everybody is kind of sad because they're like, that's it. Like it's literally Daryl elijah maggie gabriel. and gabriel that was it four people so it was like 15 or 15 of them left out and only four came back yeah. and technically only five are alive because negan just chose not to come back <sighs> well, okay let's talk about let's yeah, talk about he dropped favorite. that he dropped him he off dropped that he ran his boo <laughs> he <laughs> dropped that basket like everybody get an apple everybody it's in my book <laughs> everything for her Drop the whole basket, baby. Don't give us and one. got the hug. I was like, okay, I'm good now. I'm good because he was like, no way. I love his reaction because as much as I ship them together, I still like their friendship too. So the fact that he reacted to her coming back in that way, it wasn't like, oh, it wasn't anything unexpected from him. Because if he would have gone into this whole romantic, whatever, whatever, I would have been like, no, that's not right. Because even with Leah, who he was with for a couple of years, he was never that like he had the air of somebody who cared about her. But he it wasn't anything overly out of character. So when he turned and saw her and even with her, she was just like, hey, I'm here. And he drops the apples and he's just like, no way. I'm so happy to see you. I was like, I'm here for this. And then the look on Carol's face when she saw his reaction to her, it was one of those, like, of course, the fandom is divided because you have your people who just swear Daryl and Carol are supposed to be together up and down. And you have your people who swear Daryl and Connie are supposed to be together up and down. So that's like when I tell you I have seen some of the ugliest 
ugliest stuff on Twitter in the last week since the episode aired. The really? ugliest. See, Even I'm before on, that. I'll be on Twitter like that, thank goodness. Girl, oh my God, it's horrible. But I felt sad and I also felt relieved for Carol because Carol looked like she was happy that they finally got a chance to reunite. But also, if you remember, that was the source of part of her misery because she was the reason that Connie was missing in the first place. Right. I don't think and the reason why Daryl's not speaking, well, wasn't speaking to her at this point. Yeah, I don't think her look was a jealous look. I think it was no, more absolutely like a, not. A, a relief look. Because she's like, been one of the ones encouraging him, like, even when they had that conversation when she's before Connie was missing and she mentioned something about Connie and she was like, so was that there? He was like, oh, that's not nothing. She was like, well, why not? And people are like, she's saying that because she's fishing. She wants him to say it's because of her. I'm like, I just, I never have gotten that vibe with them. Like they, they really give off a best friend platonic only vibe like yeah they care about each other they love each other but i've never looked at them in a romantic light and i never no it just it seems really to me it seems really weird and incestuous to think of them that way you know yeah but i know i know there are (laughs) i mean i'm just saying but the other part of that Seeing seeing um Judith and RJ run up to him, Uncle Daryl. <laughs> but no, did you see when when Daryl was giving them the apples and he told them just take one? Did you see RJ's face? Like, man, we starving, and all one I apple. got is this one apple, and it's an apple. Like, y'all come bring back. <laughs> Fuck, I'm gonna do with one apple. Right. Um, the other interesting reunion was Gabriel and Rosita because, you know, Rosita was already pissed because she didn't want him to go on that mission in the first place. Right. And there was a little bit of tension there. I didn't see that. I did. Really? I felt like it. I, felt I thought like it was more like a relief, like you back, like you made it back. I didn't pick up tension. I don't know, because I'm sorry if somebody that I loved had been gone for at this point, it could have been weeks. Yeah. You know, trying to go get this food. You leave with a group of 15. You come back with mm-hmm. only four people. You are yeah. hurt. Obviously, some shit went down. Yeah. I would have been hugging him, kissing him, like, so glad he's back. <laughs> and when he he rubbed her face, she was just kind of like, it's almost like she, she was kind of like, I'm still mad. Don't touch me. And then she said, is that food? And he was like, we made a promise and we kept it. She was like, yep, you did. But he also made a promise to her about never leaving her, about staying there to protect their family. And he broke it to go do that. But he, in a way, he did protect the family. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, look at the big picture. I know. Uh, Rosita. I know. But I mean, you got to look at it from Rosita's standpoint, too. Like, Rosita's there with Coco. She's trying to help defend the neighborhood and she's already lost enough yeah you know so i i can understand i think i think she's a little bit perturbed but you know he kind of looks at her when she walks off and it's almost like he was thinking okay so in in trying to do the right thing for my family my community did i did i lose my family that's how that's that's how i felt 
it, it felt that way to me. Like there's a little bit of a wall there now. Maybe I'm overthinking things, but that's what it felt like to me. Let's see. He's smiling as he's limping to her. But look at her face. Look at her body language. She a little perturbed. Yeah. She a little perturbed. Okay, yeah, because she walked off from him. Mm-hmm. He said, we made a promise and I kept it. And she said, yes, she did. And walked the fuck away. And walked off. <laughs> now, that could have also been like, that could have also been, um, yeah, I love you, but food. <laughs> it could have been that too. But yeah, it, it just felt very, it felt very strange to me. And I, I hope that in trying to do what he needed to do and in sacrificing what he did sacrifice on the road that he didn't lose his family because that would suck. Yeah, That would suck. Yeah, But then we'll find out, won't we? I know. But then Jerry is at the watchtower and he's like, something's coming. And everybody, you know, everybody's getting ready to raise arms. Gabriel is like, oh my God. God, can we just like, get a fucking break? <laughs> like, and the crazy thing is, he's not even facing the camera. And we know that that's what went through his mind. Like, can we get a fucking break? Well, yeah. Like, we just got home. Can we have five minutes? Just five Maybe minutes. Maybe five minutes. <laughs> but lo and behold, yeah. it's the Commonwealth soldiers. And they're coming up and then Eugene comes from the back. He was like, hey, hey, we're all friends. We're all friends. Eugene, your ass should have been on the first horse. You know what your community is like when it comes to what they've been through. Why? Dude, you should have been on the first horse. They was about to light their ass up. They might have got a couple of them. They might not have got them all, but they was about to fuck them up. Right. Like, you're going to have to fight for this one. Like, goddamn. Yeah. So then Eugene, you know, he does this little speech where he talks about, you know, Yumiko, Ezekiel and I, we went out to try to find help and this is what we found. And I'm going to let the man of the hour speak. And it's so funny. You have, you have Lance come in and he's in his suit (laughs) and everybody is looking at him like, this is a vestige of the old world. What the fuck is this? Because they're all tired. They're hungry. They're battle-worn. Like, the ones who weren't fighting the Reapers were fighting a storm and walkers. They just lost the windmill. They just lost most of their homes. They've lost all their food. They're just like, what the fuck is this? And here it is. Who the fuck is this? Lance is like, we are willing to help you, you know, if you decide to stay here. But it does look like you guys are going to need a lot of help. Because, again, the neighborhood has been destroyed. And he says, we have an offer for you. Then we get a time jump. Six months later, Maggie is back at the hilltop trying to rebuild. Commonwealth soldiers are at the gates. And she says, it doesn't have to be this way. And a Commonwealth soldier takes off their helmet and it's Daryl. And he says, yes, it does. What the fuck? Now, here's the thing. I've seen the promo images for 11B, and I've seen Daryl in the Stormtrooper costume. That shit is weird as fuck. It's so weird seeing him in that. When he took it off, I was like, look, I was watching it in bed, and my wife was still asleep. I said, what the fuck? (laughs) 
Did you wake her up? Fucking dead. Dead. What the fuck? The whole episode, I was talking to the TV. I was cheering. I was shocked. I was. I went through every emotion you could have in this episode. Mm-hmm. I was sad when Alden died. I was happy. I was weirded out when the Commonwealth came. And then when Daryl pulled that goddamn hood off, what the? Okay, yeah, where is next week's episode? Where, it's where is so it? weird. It's weird. It's so weird. It's weird. And it's weird because of the relationship that Maggie and Daryl have. That there would be some tension or some you have to do whatever. It's, 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 I'm sure whatever Daryl's intentions are, they are to help Maggie. She may not see it, but you know, Daryl ain't going to do nothing that's going to... Because whether we want to say he's over it or not, he still blames himself for Glenn's death, period. Yeah, yeah. And so he's Mm -hmm. not going to do anything to harm Maggie or hurt her or her show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that in getting her to go to Commonwealth, she may not see it or may not like it, but it's probably to help her. You know what I mean? Well, I know that there's a part in the trailer um, that posted right before the second part of the season started where Maggie is asking, why do you trust them? And I kind of feel like if you think about what Daryl said earlier in this episode, when he was talking to Leah, and he says, we're doing it wrong. We survived all of this to keep killing each other. I think Daryl's tired of living that way. Mm. And the Commonwealth offers something different for them instead of always fighting, always wondering about what new threat is coming around the corner, wondering if they're going to be able to keep up the walls and be safe and secure. He has Judith and RJ to think about, right? you know, and I think he probably realizes that if Rick was still there, if Michonne was still there, Michonne would want them in a place that is safe, that is secure, that they don't have to worry about it. That's true. And you have the lure of a community. Yeah, you have the lure of a community 50,000 people strong with an established military presence, with walls, with society, the way things were before. And I think maybe Daryl goes there to see what it's like and then he drinks the Kool-Aid or he feels like, okay, this is the safest thing for the kids, whatever. Now, for whatever reason, Maggie has decided not to go, or maybe Maggie went and decided it wasn't for her and came back again. We don't know everything that Maggie went through while she was gone. We don't know if she's ever encountered another um, community in that way that, you know, maybe the Commonwealth make her feel a little sketchy. You know, maybe she's like, uh, I don't know if I trust them. I think I just, you know, stay out with my on my own with people that I trust in an area that I trust. Maybe that's what's going on. But I know that uh, the next episode is going to be hella interesting, especially if we go by the images that we've seen in the trailer. Like we know there's going to be a big party. We've seen like Magna in a waitress outfit because apparently she used to be a waitress. How's she the help? How's she the help? Well, you know, I guess, you know, they're taking them in. They all have they all have a part to play. I mean, think about it. Yumiko has to represent the mayor and all these other people 
in order for them to even give the Alexandrians assistance. So maybe they're having to earn off with the, you know, kind of like the hospital, like, okay, you take, you take, but you got to earn what you take. I mean, I get it. Who else had that point system? Who, who else was it? The was hospital. It oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that needed? Yeah. It was the hospital. The hospital uh, yeah, it was the hospital. Uh-huh. But I mean, they all have that. I mean, think about it. Our society is not too much different. It's just that we get paid wages, but we have to go work to earn those wages. True. So it, it's kind of similar. But we're but... free to leave <laughs> if we want to. Going back to the Commonwealth and Daryl, Daryl and Gabriel have an interesting conversation after all of this stuff happens. And, you know, Gabe tells Daryl, he says, um, we're doing it wrong. I heard what you said. And Daryl says, I'm just thinking about choices. I mean, do they even matter anymore? And then Gabriel says, depends on who's making the choice. And I think maybe that's, again, that's one of those things that makes Daryl decide to go to the Commonwealth. Like, okay, we have a choice. We can either continue to stay here, struggle, and be dependent on other people for our survival, or we can go be dependent on other people for our survival, but we can do it safe. The kids can be safe. They can, you know, I, I just think that he's really at this point making the choice for the kids. And then, like I said, maybe it gets to the point where once he's been there again, the time jump was six months. He's like, okay, you know what? I like living this way where I don't have to be looking over my shoulder or wondering who's coming over the walls or who's trying to sneak into the neighborhood in the dead of night to yeah. kill us and take what we have. I think he's just tired of all of that. You know, you had it with the governor. You had it with the whispers not wanting them to live. You had it with the saviors. You had it with, I mean, so many different groups that they've had to fight to keep what they have. The wolves came in. Um, you know, I just think like they, they can never catch a break though. Yeah. Like every time they think that, you know, it's going good for them or, you know, the, I think the only time they, they did have a break where, cause remember they have the time jump. That's the only time because nothing happened in that period. Yeah, it you know did. What I mean? Which is why we got a time jump. Yeah, it did. The whole, jo- the whole Jocelyn thing happened in that time jump. It did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And remember during that time jump is when uh, Michonne secluded Alexandria away from all of the other communities because of what happened with Jocelyn. Damn it. Okay. So yeah. yeah. They haven't had a break. They keep going through shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're right. You're right. I, I, I thought I thought they had one little one little. Nope, they ain't had mm-hmm. no break. You're right. They haven't had a break. Nope. At what point is Judith gonna tell Daryl or somebody? When we just talking about this? Yeah. What she gonna tell somebody that her mama wants to go look for her dad? I don't think she's gonna tell Daryl because I because I think she knows if Daryl knows Daryl will go try to find Michonne and go try to help. Why Virgil ain't say nothing? Then? He don't know that. That's true. Or even Connie, for that matter. Oh, if Connie would know that Michelle, because when Connie was, oh no, they wasn't there for that. Uh-uh, because when, yeah, and and when she said something about Michonne, or he said something about Michonne, he said she went to go help some people. 
I think he said the same thing. So, because remember when Michonne left Virgil, she was helping the people he had kept captive. She was helping them get somewhere. I guess they were going, they were going to some other place that they had been before. They, they just wanted to get away from Virgil because of what he had done, but she was helping (laughs) them. And then she happened to fall in with the other people after she helped them. So, yeah, I don't think Judith is going to tell Daryl because she probably feels like Daryl will go out and try to help, especially considering he was helping Michonne look for Rick while she was pregnant with RJ. And then even after she went back home to stay, he stayed out and continued to look for Rick for another few years. Right. So, yeah, right. she ain't going to tell him. She ain't going to tell him. <laughs> not now anyway i don't think she may tell him once i don't know maybe once she gets comfortable in the commonwealth she may mention it because she might feel safer there even if he does go but i don't think Daryl will leave them at this point because at this point right. they don't have rick they don't have michonne he's the closest thing to them as far as family aside from carol and you have to remember Carol was gone for six years, so she doesn't even have that kind of bond with Carol that she would have with Daryl or with Rosita. True. So, yeah, I, I don't think she's going to tell. I don't think so. She but, should. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. So we can get Rick back, damn it. I swear to God. But we're not going to go into that conversation. I was listening to us talk about uh, when I was editing our World Beyond Uh finale episode and we were talking about the Rick movies and and when we might see Rick or how (laughs) we might see Rick. And I kept you kept saying 2024 and I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) So, yes, we're not going to talk about Rick again. We just know we still think we in line for 2024. Mm -mm, I'm not listening to you. (laughs) but um to sum up this episode it came back with a bang i enjoyed every second of it i enjoyed everything we got to see the conflicts the reunions i'm just i'm i'm glad our people are back together now and now i'm ready to see what's going to happen in the commonwealth and i have to say i'm a little i'm a little nervous about it because That changes the whole dynamic for our group. I mean, they found community before with Alexandria, but Alexandria is nothing like the Commonwealth. They probably, Alexandria was probably less than 50 people. You're talking about 50,000 people. And trying to maintain an identity with all them damn people. It's going to be. Trying to maintain who you were, trying to Mm -hmm. maintain, you know, period. Right. In, the, in that lifestyle and trying to adapt. And the weirdest thing is going to be trying to see Daryl ass adapt to that shit. Yeah. But he adapts yeah. some kind of way because the motherfuckers in a goddamn uh, Stormtrooper outfit. So it's going to be interesting. To say it's the It's going to be interesting. Um, you caught up on Fear the Walking Dead yet? Huh? <laughs> I'm glad you can't see my face. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. You know what? You know what? And, especially since I moved my office around, I'm finna buy me a TV for down here. That'd be the problem. I don't have a TV and I only watch it upstairs and then half the time I'm in my office. So once I have my office TV, which I hope to get within the next week or so, um, Girl. I got time. Because any like March 17th or something like that? Um, actually, Fear the Walking Dead doesn't come back until April. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, they, they come back in April because they're not going to have both shows air at the same time. 
So it's going to be after this one is is done with the second part of the season. So we're getting eight episodes with this part. So that, yeah, I believe it's like April, maybe maybe Easter weekend. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's when it is. So you still have some time to get caught up. I'm gonna keep calling. And then we're going back to Nick and Norman's on March. What is it, March 6th? We're going. Yes. Because they're about to finish filming the final episode. <sighs> and the walls of Alexandria are coming, coming down. down. They are turning that subdivision back into a full-time residential area. There will be no well, the houses will still be there because the uh, production company built actual houses for the sets so that they could have those houses to sell after everything is done. So, um, yeah, the walls are coming down in Alexandria. So we're going to go one last time before that happens. And then I will be going to the Pandemic Dead Tour, uh, which is a Walking Dead based convention that's held here in Atlanta. I've never been to a Walking Dead based convention before. So I'm really, really excited. They have an amazing guest list. Like every fucking body who's coming to this thing, including a few um, people who are not on the Walking Dead, like Stephen Amell is going to be there. Sebastian Stan is going to be there. <sighs> I'd go just for that. Oh, you you know that 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 really made my mind up. But his photo ops and his autographs are so expensive, I can't afford it. But I just want to go look at his pretty face in person. <laughs> so he's gonna be there. Um, Dean Kane is gonna be there. Uh, John Bowerman, I think, is supposed to be there. So it's got, so it's gonna be a, a really good guest list. Um, Norman will be there. Jeffrey Dean Morgan will be there. Um, let's see. I'm just you know gonna who, who ain't gonna be there. Who? You know who ain't gonna be there. Denied that. The Nye's not going to be there. No, Rick's not going to be there. But um, Chandler will be there. Sarah Wayne Callies, uh, Lori will be there. Uh, Jerry, Carol, Merle, um, the governor. Uh, let's see. Judith will be there. Aaron will be there. Gabriel will be there. Uh, so they've got a huge, huge, huge guest list. So I'm really excited about going to that. So I will be talking about that and you know, taking some video and just, you know, hope, hopefully meeting some people. And, um, you know, we'll talk about that. Hopefully Casey will find a way to come with her busy schedule. We can get her there for a day or so, and we can talk about walking dead stuff while seeing all the walking dead stuff. That would be cool, but we are glad to be back to discuss the walking dead. We hope you guys are enjoying our commentary and will join us for the rest of the season but for now that's it for our show you can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com we are on social media on facebook instagram and twitter at fandom hybrid you can view our videos on youtube and you can listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms thanks for listening we hope you join the conversation next time <laughs>